family, I'm so happy to announce the launch of my brand new premium podcast. It's called Ideas That Matter Plus. This is an exciting new development that we've been working on for some time. This after seeing a lot of you request coming through saying thank you for what we've done and wanting more. Ideas That Matter Plus is a more targeted podcast that focuses on business strategies and more high-level thinking to help highly ambitious entrepreneurs, SMEs, business owners and founders, even the CEOs of big business. It only costs 450 Rand per month and will be coming in, but I mean coming in hot. So, subscribe now to Ideas That Matter Plus, now available on Spotify or Apple Podcast Store. Sayonara. San Monani. This week on Osmosis, we talk to Dr. Richard Maponya, arguably the most respected black business leader to come from my homeland, South Africa. Dr. Richard also had the vision and foresight to help me co-seed our very first investment fund at My Growth Fund. This man is absolutely incredible. Enjoy this episode. Today is a very special day. And the reason today's a special day is because my, I'm the biggest fan, I'm sure, uh, for his, his business achievements. He now sits as the honorary patron of our fund. Today, our guest is the one and only, the man who rewrote the rules of business for you and I as entrepreneurs of color, Dr. Ndate Richard Maponya. Sir, thank you for joining us. My greatest pleasure, sir. <laughs> I, 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 I think you and I have come quite a way. I had the, the, the privilege of speaking at... Uh, at the lecture, which happens in your honor, uh, having read up about what you've done, it is astonishing that you have achieved what you have achieved. And, and I'm sure you sit back and you almost don't, you don't get caught in the moment of what you've achieved because you've got so much more you want to do. I'm almost sure of this. Right. <laughs> but for the benefit of those of us who are much, much younger and are still on this journey called life, trying to learn about this thing called life, you started your journey in business at 24 years old. Correct. What convinced you to start a business at 24? When as a young black person, in truth, the system was such that you should have been, let's say, a kilometer underground mining some mineral. Well, you know, uh, you know I was a, a young uh, ANC yes. uh, activist. Yes. And uh, during those days, it is true that... Um, all black people, we were all foreigners yes. in our own country. Yes. And uh, we, when we, come, we came into the, uh, the cities, the white man said we had come into the cities to sell our labor. Mm. We mm. don't have any opportunity of doing business at all. Mm. But uh, I must tell you this, that uh, it was a, a challenging uh, time. Mm. What I didn't want to, to, to see myself doing was to say boss <laughs> to a young man of my age. Mm. I, I refused to, 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 to do that. Mm. I said I will never say boss to a, a young man of my age. That kind of thinking, let's be honest, is, um, it is contrarian. I mean, it's, it's a, you, you must have been in a 1% of a population of people that thought like that. Most people, 
with the greatest of respect of your generation in that time just lived <laughs> into the system as the system was. How did you, what about your experience made you think you could break the mold, as it were? You know, I, look, I looked at Soweto growing mm. and uh, I said, to, these five million people in Soweto, they need a facility mm. such as a mall mm. because they are the ones that are making the malls mm. in the cities mm. successful. Mm. Mm. I applied for, to, to have a mall you must understand that uh, during that time, we black people had no right of land ownership. Sure. Uh, it was uh, on a, a lease basis. Yes. And uh, 99 year lease. Uh, they gave me a, a piece of land uh, and um, uh, I said, I would like to put them all here. No financial institution would agree with me. No government official would agree with me. Nobody <laughs> agreed with me. <laughs> and they said uh, a, a mall in a, a place like Soweto would never work because black people want to shop in the, in the cities. City. Yes. They would like to see the bright lights of the city. Mm. Uh, that's where they they they, mm. they they would like to see the, 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 to do their shopping. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Mm. So, Dademapony, uh, where I come from, how I was raised, determines a lot about how I see the world. So, being raised a Nguni Zulu person by a traditional Zulu family. My relationship with the world is informed by how I'm raised. So one of the things about your story for me that was fascinating was you had a relationship with the world that was very different to the time you were in. So I'm, inter I'm interested to know who or what, when you were much younger, influenced you to see the world the way you saw it. Well, you know, I, I think um, what really influenced me was the fact that, you know, I joined the ANC mm. as a very young man. Mm. And um, looking at uh, the world, I recognized each and every black person. Mm. It doesn't matter what language you speak. Sure, sure, sure. As a brother or a sister. Sure, sure. That is how I looked at the world. Sure. And uh, that, I think made me the person I am because I related very well with all racial groups. Mm -hmm. I did not uh, select people because of their uh, language uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 thing mm -hmm. and, and, and on that and that kind of stuff. It's very interesting, isn't it? Because specifically in South Africa at that time. Tribalism was a big thing. Absolutely. So some people thought they were better than others. <clears throat> some were told that because they grew up in the cities and others come from a rural part of South Africa, that the people in the cities were better. So your, your, this approach you had to see everyone as equal 
Did that influence then and does it still influence today how you do business with people? Well, that influenced exactly how I do business with people. Mm. You know, that was a, the secret of my success mm. because I looked at people as people, not people as numbers. I see. When you, when, when I meet with you, when I, you, you come into my, 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 my business place, I would ask your name, and uh, hmm. when you come for the next time, I also welcome Mr. Swenso. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was very fortunate also. Uh, I happened to, to, to marry a, a lady who related so well with people as well. Right. And uh, she was number one in putting uh, names on on a face. Right. Right. She, she she meets a person once, she knows that person by name, and each time that person gets into our business, uh, she will always say, "Welcome, Mr. So and So. What can we do for you today?" Right. And then <laughs> she would walk through. With the, with, the, with the person assisting uh, him or her whatever, for whatever she, she wants. And then she would then direct her to a cashier mm. that must help him quickly to, to cash in and go home in time. Mm. Mm. This is, it's interesting that you raised it because I've read your book three times now. So, so I, I probably, I'd like to think I know parts of your life story, I think, better than you do sometimes. <laughs> but in your, in, your, in your book, there, is, there are parts where you talk about the family part of your life, yes. but you, you skate over it very quickly. So I, I'm interested to know, as a young South African, a young <clears throat> black South African, who doesn't really have a template for how this thing is done, and, I, and it's just, the truth is, if I was a young white South African, then I would probably come from a family where we've had business people before who've built companies and have listed them. But in my family, I don't have it. So I don't have a template for what this thing looks like. Right. So I draw inspiration from different places and different people. So, so here's my question to you. There's this thing people talk about called balance. Balance. They say you must balance your life. So you must have time for the business and time for your health and time for your family. And I, I don't know how to do this balance thing. I, I feel like I'm a soccer player in midfield. Yeah. I, I can't decide if I'm a defender or a striker. Yeah. Yeah. How did you balance your life? Because I've, I've, I've had the privilege of meeting your kids. Yes. And they've turned out phenomenally well. They've done amazing things. They have a global exposure. They've lived all over the world. They speak global languages. And they themselves are great professionals, and fantastic business people. So how did you balance being the entrepreneur you are yeah. as well as the man you are in society, yeah. the, the other part of your life that was not about money? You know, um, I think it, it's a, it was a blessing on, my, on, on me that uh, I became a, a, quite a, a successful young person being very, very young, mm. but my success never got me into a place where I must start 
looking people down sure, sure, as sure. you know sure. second you know sort of second class sec uh, yeah. yes yeah. yeah i looked at people as people mm -hmm. and i respected everyone irrespective of what what class you belong to mm -hmm. but people were just people with, with, with me mm -hmm. and uh, that was the, the my my great greatest success mm. in, in 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 business and i'll always refer to my late wife uh, you know we were such a wonderful uh, uh, partners mm. in business because uh, she also loved working with people mm. and respected people as people mm. no segregation of that saying that speaks that language and, and that kind of a thing. Mm. Not at all. Mm. But in, in your book, you also talk about the fact that she was a very strong person, right? No, indeed she was. So who, who made the decisions? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, uh, in terms of our culture, a man is always the, <laughs> is, is always the king. That's what they say. <laughs> but... Uh, I empowered my 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 wife yes. before anybody could think of empowering women. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. We were equal in yes. in, in, in in business. Yes. And mm -hmm. uh, even if I do go overseas and and live in the business, I would know that I've left a, a very strong character, mm -hmm. and uh, things would go as if I am there personally. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's um, again, it, it's just it's so rich. There's so many stories in that story, right? There's so many uh, different angles, so many tenets, so much texture to what we learn from yeah. just listening to <laughs> to your to your story and, <clears throat> and to your approach. I want you to indulge me, if you can. So, a big part of your success and your story is where you've come from, and what you've achieved. I also know that you've been working on, on your academy, which is this academy you want to establish to give young people skills so that they can create and do for themselves. Yes. So I, I want to know, in the year 2017, why are you still worried about young people? Why are you still worried about South Africa and the future of this country? You've, you've done your part. I, mean, you, you, I, I, I would have imagined a long time ago you would have sat back and said, the politicians must sort it out now. Why are you still worried about where things are going? You know, if there's anything that worries me, is 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 the fact that uh, after twenty two or twenty three years mm. of uh, our uh, achievement in in, in politics, mm. um, we still have uh, the majority of our people very poor. Yes. That worries me a lot, mm. uh, and yet you know South Africa has enough uh, to to have to 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 really upgrade you know our people to a certain standard mm. where there should be no family that can go to sleep having not had a meal. Mm. Um, Young people are our future. 
What disturbs me again is the fact that our young uh, folks, they go to school, graduate, and after graduation, they don't have any employment. Mm. They later in the streets, yeah. Yeah. and then they get at attracted into doing uh, things they did not mean doing, mm. but because of uh, life, as you know, life has demands. Mm. They fall into trap of doing funny things. That is worrying me a lot. And I think it is also a time bomb that we could have the majority of our youngsters mm -hmm. loitering the streets. Mm -hmm. It needs some mad person to, to just organize them and say, hey, fellows, mm -hmm. uh, we have been in this situation. Uh, they, those who have are doing nothing to improve us, to improve our situation. Yes. Uh, let's go for it and 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 take it from them. Yes. Yeah. And th that that can create a, a sort of a civil war in 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 our country. Mm -hmm. And I don't think uh, there's any army that we we have to s subdue that kind of uh, uh, revolution. Mm -hmm. Should it happen? Your, your academy focuses specifically on skills, not entrepreneurship, which yeah. is interesting to me because you're, you're known as an entrepreneur. Yes. But it, when I read the, the literature on your academy, <clears throat> it seemed that what you were saying was that actually rather than create, rather than say to young people, start businesses, we should be saying to young people, get a skill. And with that skill, you can provide for yourself. Did I understand that correctly? No, you, 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 I think you did understand me co co correctly. You know, um, during my travels, uh, I, I, um, I, I went to a country that uh, has a similar uh, situation as yes. South Africa. Yes. And, and uh, when I got there, um, we were in a meeting, uh, then a speaker stood up and he said, we were very fortunate that we had a, a, a president who, 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 who was a, a trade unionist. Yeah. And this president uh, created a situation where they train the everybody, mm. irrespective of age, mm. so that they must wake up and, and do something for themselves. Mm. And this president was uh, um, Mr. Lula. Oh, of Brazil. Of Brazil. Oh, right. and, and, and he went on to say, in, in 10 years, Brazil empowered 24, 24 million people to a middle, a middle class standard. Wow. They, they had a 
unemployment. Mm. And during that period, they reduced unemployment to 5%. Mm. Mm. And this is how they empowered their, their people. Mm. And as we're talking right now, I think Brazil, uh, I don't know what is it now, but the unemployment of, of Brazil, it, it should be something like 4% or, or, mm. or, or, or so. Mm. Yeah, no, they've done very well. That, that gave me a, a, a kick that if Brazilians, being a 200 million people, mm. could train their people to be able to do things for themselves, because they say everybody they trained uh, got employed or got into business mm. in his own right. On, on right. Mm. And this was the magic uh, uh, that president brought to, uh, to Brazil. Mm. Mm. And as a result of that, uh, he uplifted his people to a middle class standard. Then I said, we are only 55 million people, mm -hmm. and if Tolle, it can happen in, the, in, the, in this country, we could erase uh, unemployment, yeah. and we could uh, do away with uh, the majority of our people being mm -hmm. very, very poor. Mm -hmm. And as a result, of, we, we, we could bring our people to a, a good living standard. In your book, you talk a lot about ethics. You talk a lot about being an ethical business person. For me, that was interesting, and it continues to be interesting because it seems that business today can claim many things, but it cannot claim to be ethical anymore. It seems that we... We've fallen so deep into this, this swimming pool of corruption that it's hard to find <clears throat> business people, entrepreneurs, who are just doing the right thing, who refuse to get involved in anything clandestine or dark or negative, who refuse to get involved in bribery and all sorts of things, who just say, I'm going to do this thing the right way even if it's harder or takes me longer. Right. For that entrepreneur, what would be your message to that entrepreneur? Yeah, well, you know, it's a very, very sad story that we see what is happening today yeah. Yeah. in our country. Mm. I think that there is something that just came in and since the leadership, you know, the, the, the right leadership mm. of the Mandelas, the mm. Susulus, and the, mm. the, the, the mm. Beggies uh, passed away, mm. um, we, we, we got a, this kind of leadership that just did not care in working for the people, right. as a people. Right. They just got there and used the ANC right. as, a, as, as, a, as, a, as a, a, a cart that makes a, piece, a person rich yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that is, is something that uh, I think we should yeah. really work very, very hard yeah. Yeah. to try and correct. Do you think it's, and I speak as a, a person who was once a member of an ANC branch, admittedly no longer in good standing, <laughs> as they say, when you're a member in good standing. But it was always for me something that was interesting was to watch. I would ask myself the question, we'd sit in a branch meeting, and I'd ask the question, how many people would be carrying this card of this organization if this organization were back in 1976? How many of us would be here? Because it seemed, as the organization came into power, that people got access to the card so they could get access to the power that the organization acquired. Right. Is it possible for the organization to go back to what it was, to really clean itself of, of these unsavory elements, to bring back into its ranks people who are in it because they want to contribute to the condition of the black person. They want to uplift the status of the black person. They want to contribute to black intelligentsia. They want to contribute to black people in business. Do you think it's possible to go back to that? Or is it too far gone? No, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. Look, for example, mm. we're having um, young people of your age mm. um, who come up here and there mm. and, and show good leadership. Mm. I think it's possible. Mm. Let's assume that it so happened that uh, you become a president of... Uh, <laughs> I receive it. <laughs> I'm sure you could turn things around. Yeah. You, could, uh, you could give a leadership that this country needs. Mm. There are people there. Um, some of them, we still have to, 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 to find them. But they, there are people there. There's mm. no doubt about it. Mm. And that... There is a quality of young stars who really can, can make good leadership. Mm. Uh, we need just to, 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 to find them. Mm. Yes. Mm. Mm. When we come back, we continue and finalize our conversation with Dr. Mabonya. Welcome back to our final segment as we conclude our conversation with the one and only the doyen of business, Dr. Mabonya. Um, we've, we've spoken a lot. We've said a lot. You told us a lot about where you come from, how you were raised, what brought consciousness into your mind, how you related with other people. You told us about your lovely wife, Marina, who is, uh, and you talk about her in the book, who was an extraordinary part of your journey. Um, but you, you left a bit out, which is to the, to the average person, they don't know that you also had quite a close relationship with the father of our democracy, Nelson Mandela. Tell us a little bit about that relationship. How did it start and how did you meet him and, and, and how did that relationship take form? Well, you know, <clears throat> I, uh, I knew um, Nelson uh, as a, a leader of the Youth League of uh, ANC. Youth League? Yes. Youth League? Th that is... That's going a long way back. That, that is when I, I, I met, met Dr. Mandela. That's when he still had the line, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Did you have the line yeah. as well? 
So you meet him when he's in the youth. Yes. And, and um, <laughs> later on, uh, I, I, I bumped against my, my Marina. We, 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 we got married. And only then that I found out that we, uh, Marina was a, a cousin to Nelson. Oh, wow. Yes. And uh, that strengthened our relationship. We, we worked very, very, very closely yes. with, with Nelson. Yes. Uh, when he was uh, still uh, incarcerated, we used to go and see him. Yeah. We, we would go with Marina yes. and we spent the whole day with, uh, with, with, with Nelson. A mm -hmm. uh, few months just before he was about to be released, we went to, to see him mm. and uh, we spent the whole day with him. Then I said to, to I, I asked him, I said, Dr. Mandela, uh, you are a leader of Mkondo, and uh, there is a talk that you are just about to be released. When you get released, uh, what would you like us to do? Uh, mm. Mm. As, uh, mm. He said, Richard, what I, what I, when I'm, I'm released, uh, I want to take over South Africa as a going concern. Mm. And I didn't understand him what he meant by saying that. I said, I thought uh, you would you would ask us to to take arms yeah. and and drive the white men to the sea, yeah. yes. as we always thought we would uh, we would do so. Yeah. He said, I'm not going to do that. We we have lost enough men. I want to take over South Africa as a going concern. Mm. And little did I know what he meant. But when he got released, you know, he, there was this Cortesa one and Cortesa two. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is where he outmaneuvered uh, the white men because they always believed that uh, after having released him, uh, they would still rule for another 30 years yes. before yes. Uh, there could be any changes. Yes. But Cortesa, uh, made it much easier yes. and quicker yes. for the black people to yes. get into power. Yes. Um, nobody believed um, he could sing things to a situation where we would go in to, 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 to vote. You were there when uh, mm. we were voting. Mm. One uh, man, one vote. But you are still younger. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was nine or ten. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. Yeah. Every black person was excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because uh, that was the only time we uh, recovered our dignity yeah. as a people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that is the time we we got our dignity back. We belonged to our father or mother country, mm. South Africa. Mm. And we were now able to, to vote and we were now able to own land and things 
became very, very uh, little softer. I hope you and Dutata never disagreed. Because I, I know that he was stoic. He was unmoved. If he had an opinion and a way he wanted to go, he went. I also know that you are the same. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sure if <laughs> No, no, no. Um, no, we, we always agreed, I Excellent. must admit. We always agreed. Mandela was a very, very strong person. Yes. And, you know, he was so powerful that uh, I would even believe that he could say to a mountain, I want that mountain, <laughs> move to that position, and the mountain would, would, would move. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we, we come from a very, very, very powerful uh, situation. Mm. The apartheid thing mm. is, a, is, a, is a very, very powerful thing. Mm. But we, over, we, we, we did overcome that. Mm. And I really believe that uh, we should have a young man like yourself. You know, you always impress me. <laughs> I'm uh, humbled. Your guys of your age, if they can be, if you can have a, a, a dozen or more of your caliber, I, I, I really believe that uh, we, we could um, bring some change in, into this country. It's humbling. Thank you very much. I, 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 I was impressed. I'm impressed by your history, in, in, as a matter of fact, mm. shaking the, the world economically mm. and uh, being able to put the aspiration of a black person mm. across mm. throughout the world. That to me is a wonderful uh, achievement. We, we, we do it because we receive example from people like wonderful. you. You faced much worse than we did. Wonderful. We, I personally cannot thank you enough. I mean, I, I think that a part of the sin of South <coughs> Africa, and it's a part of the original sin of South Africa, is we have not told enough stories of our own yeah. to each other. So we continue to look elsewhere for inspiration. And I think your story can never, ever be overtold. So I want to thank you for taking the time to sit with us. Thank you for taking the time to share your story and your message with our entrepreneurs. And I want you to know that for those of us who want to become part of something positive, who want to start a new revolution that focuses on the economic emancipation of the black person, we draw example from people like yourself. Thank you very much, Dr. Thank Dr. you very, very much thank indeed. You. Thank you very much. My greatest pleasure. Very good. <laughs> and that's how we ended, folks. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed that conversation with our leader for this week. See you again next week when we have another conversation about how we learn through the process of osmosis. The most important investment you can make in your own life is to develop and build yourself as well. So go on to our website, vositembewayo.com. There, you'll find a series of courses and masterclasses that you can take that help you migrate yourself to the next stage of your life, in your personal life, in your business life, and in your financial life. As we roll out these programs and courses, we'd love for you to come along with us on the journey. So yeah, visit the website and buy a course. Cheers.